When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity continues. Midweek edition, we say hi to Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, does a great job covering Nebraska football. And Evan, it was uh, it was Whipple Wednesday. How are we doing? Doing well, Chris. It's uh, it's the point of the season where I think it's kind of become appointment listening with the quarterback situation, uh, with how the the, the season's gone. Um, he's always got something interesting to say, and I thought that was the case again today. Well, Casey's not ruled out. I think if we're all betting mama's money or our money, we don't anticipate Casey. Uh, on Saturday, why punish the kid, right? <laughs> uh, flipping it around, though, you still have two backups that, that seem to be getting uh, more work. And I don't know, he seemed uh, seemed okay with where they were at. Uh, what did you take away? Yeah, I mean, the Casey thing, first of all, I, I, I think it's an interesting place where Nebraska, Nebraska is with him because on the one hand, you know, they could just say, hey, he's done for the season. They haven't done that. And I think uh, the more that we've gotten to know Casey, the more that it sort of makes sense that he wants to continue to play and just be that guy. And so I wonder, you know, if it would make the most sense for Nebraska to look at at targeting to bring him back for Wisconsin and Iowa, these last two games where you have another week to heal. You don't go through the the gauntlet of, of a legitimate top five defense in Michigan. And it sets you up to where if you win either of those last two games, there's still a lot of meaning in that, considering how long it's been since Nebraska's beaten either one of those teams in, in Wisconsin and Iowa. So, uh, you know, like you said, I don't foresee him being suited on the field necessarily this weekend. I think some of that's maybe some gamesmanship, but it does set up that conversation again now that we had last week, where on the one hand you have Chubba Purdy, who was the, the hand-picked off-season transfer of, of Mark Whipple, and, and on the other you have in Logan Smothers, a guy who's been in the program longer than most of the quarterbacks in the room, who uh, you know has some of that, that, that ability to run the ball, as the coaches have said. I personally felt like watching the game last Saturday Saturday, Chris, that Smothers made some of the best throws in the game. That that little fourth down pass he had to Marcus Washington that was caught, and then the I think it was a third and long over the middle too. I mean, you go back and look, a lot of those throws that he made uh, were, were sort of in anticipation of what was going to come. Like receivers were were just coming out of their breaks, they're just turning their heads. So I think you see some of the, you know, maybe the intangible stuff from from Smothers that 
you know, maybe he isn't always evident in pretty spirals or things like that, but he's uh, it's sort of been the, the word of the week. He's been a gamer, you know, and maybe it doesn't always show up in practice, but it does in the game. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, Whipple did say today that he felt like both Purdy and Smothers have had their best practices uh, of the year this week, and that makes sense, right, if they're taking the reps and they're getting some game experience and that sort of thing. But it, it'll be interesting because I think it would behoove Nebraska – on Saturday to shorten the game, and Mickey Joseph alluded to that. And when, if if you believe that the quarterback skill sets are such that Smothers gives you a better chance on the ground, then I think maybe that would be the way to go. Well, Evan, Mickey said yesterday you went in the Big Ten with with ball control, those three and four yard rushes, shortening the game. But then when asked today, Mark Whipple said, "Well, you win by scoring points, which seems to indicate that that he's not going to care about ball control and, and running the football moving forward." And that's seemingly been his game plan over the past two weeks has that been your read to that comment as well today that well it's about scoring points not ball control yeah i think so you know he uh he's been a bottom line guy you remember a few weeks ago when he was asked about physicality uh and winning in the trenches he's like well you know there's not uh that's not on the scoreboard right there's no there's no number to to quantify physicality it's all about points so He's a bottom line guy in that way, which, you know, I, I think makes sense to a point. But he's also somebody who's been doing what he's done for, you know, decades. And, and he's he has the way that he wants to do it. And I think if Nebraska were at full strength, uh, with Casey Thompson out there, if they had a, an offensive line that was, you know, upper end, then you can see how that can work. And we saw how it worked last year with, with Mark Whipple at Pitt and, and Kenny Pickett and, and what they were able to do. Um, but I, I think it's oftentimes the challenge can be when you don't have the talent that you are looking for, when you maybe have injuries, um, whatever it might be, how willing are you to maybe not compromise, but adjust your vision for the bottom line goal of winning the game. And, you know, if shortening, shortening the game, running the ball a bunch, you're not going to score 30 points, but maybe you take away two or three Michigan possessions and it, and it sets up some sort of a fluky special teams thing, or maybe they get a turnover. And so like, that's the blueprint. If you're a 30 plus point underdog at Michigan, the way that you don't win, the way that you get blown out and you don't even cover is by dropping back and passing every time and letting those guys on the other side get after you. So I think that's maybe the, the bigger thing is, is is there a willingness to adjust what you want to do in the name of trying to win games and be competitive in the short term? Evan Bland's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Evan, to put it simply, it just feels like there's a, a disconnect between Mickey Joseph and Mark Whipple with what they want the offense to look like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. And and we heard it again today, Mark Whipple, he's kind of sort of tongue-in-cheek, was like, you know, let's maybe have Mickey spend a little more time with the defense, right? Like, that was that's a comment that he made today. And so that's that doesn't necessarily scream of two coaches that are seeing eye-to-eye. And, and you know, again, it's a tough situation, right? Because we're, we're talking about injuries. We're talking about a top-five team in Michigan on the other side, college football playoff contender and all this. And you've got the dynamic of the fact that both of these men, Mickey Joseph, Mark Whipple, have been with the program for less than a year. When they came, Mark Whipple was, uh, you know, the boss of of Mickey Joseph, and those roles have switched, um, at least in title. But it doesn't seem like they've always necessarily switched in practice and in the moment when decisions are having to be made. And so, it, it's tough because we talk about fairly evaluating Mickey Joseph for the permanent job. And there are so many areas in which 
you have to sort of have context, right? Like what, what did he inherit? Uh, what situation was Nebraska in when he got here? I think one of the things, though, that, that you can look at a little bit is how much um, does the head coach put his foot down when he wants something to be done a certain way and there's pushback on that. So I think that's something else that, especially over these last three games, that, that bears monitoring as this conversation continues about, is Mickey Joseph the permanent guy? Is it somebody else? You've had two games now, and you've had two halves, Evan, where – there's just been the wrong guy playing quarterback or the, the execution wasn't what it needed to be. If you're Mickey, you, you just it, – it's got to stink for you to keep getting tested this way. Uh, it's not optimal or ideal anyway to, to be uh, forced forward as the interim. And now if, if you – I don't want to make too much of it or make this a soap opera, but if, if your OC, it sounds like, wants to win a certain way – versus just win that's got to be a headache man it's got to be a headache and Whipple man when things are good it looks great it absolutely Mm -hmm. looks great he's done a wonderful job but right now when you have to adjust it's 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 been difficult and you just got to get out of Saturday alive man you still got two more games right and and you know honestly it it doesn't make either guy look great, right? On the, on the one hand, you've got someone who who um, seems like he's he's going to stick to what he wants to do, regardless of of how it plays out in the game setting. And on the other hand, you have someone who, you know, it, it, at least it appears at times that he doesn't have you know full control or full authority over his staff. And, and yeah, it's 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 a tough spot to be in and I think an off season when you know if you're Mickey Joseph and you had a chance to sort of form a staff that you wanted and 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 you know were able to to do that then that would be a different sort of thing um but again like what's amazing is there's still three games to go right it kind of feels like uh, this could be the end of the line but we still have two major games against Wisconsin and Iowa coming up too and do uh, do those conversations that the coaches have had internally bear fruit this week, um, or do they not? Because you know, again, Mark Whipple's been doing what he's been doing at a high level for forty years, and and so do you. You know, how responsive would somebody in that situation be over these last three games? And I think the other thing, you know, especially as it pertains to quarterback, is we're probably going to, you know, have more light shed on. What, everything that's going on when the season comes over, you know, I, I think about the Adrian Martinez situation last year and about how, um, you know, he was banged up and, and in ways that were deeper and more um, affecting of his play than we realized at the time. And so I wonder too, if there are more things that the coaches, you just can't talk about at this point because games are still going on and you're trying to be competitive. Maybe something else will happen uh, in a few weeks, that will sort of help inform why some of these decisions were made. But certainly at this point, uh, it, it has been frustrating at times because, um, you know, they, they haven't relied on the run, for example. And, and they looked so good on those scripted plays early on when they got creative with Anthony Grant and had an unbalanced line and these little counter runs and all this. Uh, and then it just seems like they kind of forget about it. So I think that's maybe the most frustrating part for Nebraska fans is you see something that works, you know, it, it's not – elite but it works it's serviceable uh it felt like maybe doing that more would have been a path to victory against minnesota uh and they go the other way so you know again we'll see how much they sort of learn and, and adjust to what the big 10 is all about here over these last three games about two minutes evan bland with us sale varsity radio two names that could be uh swirling around here 
Want to get your reaction. Gary Patterson, we, we saw that name with football scoop. And a guy that's been out of football that's available, uh, Bronco Mendenhall. Two reactions. Uh, on e- give, me a, give me a reaction on each name. Well, Mendenhall, if I recall, re- I mean, he, he stepped down because he was burned out, right? Yes. So, yep. so that, you know, to me, that sort of falls in the same vein as Chris Peterson, where you have to really, if you're Trev Alberts in Nebraska, dig down and say, you know, are you ready to do this? This is not, this is not a job for the faint of heart or for the half committed. You, I, I think you'd have to really have some assurances uh, that, that he was ready to go and, and fully committed, especially in this era when NIL and transfer portal make this thing, you know, a 24 hour a day sort of job at times. Um, so I think that's what I would say first with him. He's done a good job at the stops that he's been at. Uh, so, so yeah, I think if you felt confident that something has changed since that time when he stepped down, then maybe you, you look a little further there. Um, you know, Patterson, he's in his early sixties, right? Like he, he has, he's had a whole career essentially at TCU. He's got a statue down there in the Fort Worth area. Um, you know, his team's there toward the end, uh, they didn't necessarily get the wins, but now you, you see what they're doing now. A lot of these players on this unbeaten squad were Gary Patterson commits too. So he, he set them up for success moving forward. Again, I just wonder if he's at a spot in his career and his life where he's ready to come in and rebuild something else uh, in, a, in a part of the country that I believe he's from Kansas originally, but yep. Yep. in a part of the country that he hasn't been recruiting or, or been around in a lot lately. So, um, you know, when those, when names like that come up too, I think it's worth noting that one of the reasons that they come up now is because they are not in football at the moment. Like you said, they, they're not coaching a team. They're not in the middle of a season. So you don't, if you're Nebraska, you don't necessarily want to limit your options just based on who's not in the game at the time. So I think that's something else you have to bear in mind, too. Devin, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for the insight today with Hale Varsity. Thanks, guys.